Welcome, Bentley Sanders. How are we doing today, brother? How you doing, guys? Hey, we're chilling, man. So, look, before we really get into this, this has been something I've seen on Twitter a lot recently, so I want to I wanna talk about it. TBYFL versus Pop Warner football. What are your thoughts? Let's hear it. Uh, there's no competition. As you can see, most of the TYFL players I played with, like Ray, um, Vitell, Travell, Malik, all in the league right now. And I never played Pop Warner, so I can't really compare, but just – like what I've seen, I think TYFL has to, and they just took TYFL out of the like. There is no more TYFL. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's been trending. Is because like they, they just took it out. Like a, I think this year, maybe the year before. I think it was yeah. this. I think it was this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, and all dude. When they when I when that happened, my entire Twitter was just freaking old old TYFLers, old Pop Warner heads going at it, dude. Like going like they're listing all the guys, like listing like Pop Warner's like, oh, we're nationwide. And TVYFL is like, we don't even need that many people. Like it was a whole war, like a whole ordeal. But isn't Pop was Warner the... wait, my bad, what'd you say? In Pop Warner, there's no weight limit, right? Like it doesn't matter how I don't know. Don't, don't fact check me on that. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, um what caused was... the breakup? Yes, I mean, is, is Pop Warner still going on? Is, is it just yeah, Pop Warner still going on? Yeah, exactly what I was. Yeah, what what caused like the breakdown of TBYFL? Like, wasn't it, like an altercation or something? Because I didn't read every like everything into it that went into the breakup of the league, but I just know like they're stopping it. I didn't. I didn't get too much into it. I just saw it on Twitter, and I was like, wow, because I was in Nevada when it happened. I was like, damn, I could call Ray. I called my mom. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. Yes, yeah, yeah. bro. Like, I mean, that shit was religious. Religion. religion bro yeah people love that shit i think i don't like i said look this up i think there was an altercation like kids fighting or or, or something bad happened and that's what led to it all is that tyf so i remember that uh, i don't know how old i was but it was like the varsity i was like probably super midget but the packers and the uh bucks had a crazy brawl coach was break a broke kid's leg like it oh. was wild yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but that was crazy. When you when you were when you were younger, was that like an occurrence? Like, were there any like like teams you were like, oh man, that we could fight them, or like this team talks a lot? Like, especially well, at that age, it's like I feel like it's very rare. There was always smack talk, but like there was never fights with like the Packers and anybody else. But you knew like if like the Jaguars and the Panthers were playing, there was a fight going on. Really? <laughs> and like I, like people went to the game just because there's like so much tension between those two teams. And I remember one time I was out there and they broke out a fight and then like people started shooting and stuff. It was wild. Yeah. Holy crap. That's actually, I I just found the Tampa Bay Times article. It says Tampa Youth Football Lease ends with gun violence. And what happened was, is there was like a fight going on on the field and then someone got shot in the hand. So then oh, wow. like literally, yeah, the altercations had been, I'm trying to read through it right now. I mean, TBYFL has been a thing at Skyway for 53 years. Yeah, it's been around I mean, for really... forever, forever. Yeah. There's always been I mean, a TBYFL Pop Warner beef for as long as I can remember. Yeah. You... No, I played, you... I played for Berkeley Middle School Private League, bro. That's where I played. I played against you... Trinity and, and Indian Rocks Christian and Lakeland Christian. Like, that's I where I grew up playing. I went to Trinity in my eighth grade year, and I tried to play both, and I guess you weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a big no-no. Yeah, we didn't really try to talk smack because we knew we weren't better than everybody, you know? So we just, like, we kept our mouths shut and had fun. 
but it was cool because it was an awesome way to transition. Like, I mean, I didn't stay at Berkeley. I ended up going to Jesuit. But, like, if you stayed, the system was the same for high school. So, like, it was really easy for them to, like, feed that into the high school and, and transition. The problem is, like, there's just no athletes that want to go to Berkeley. Like, it's just – that's just uh, – Some athletes that came out of Berkeley, though. Nelson. Yeah, yeah, Nelson. And then he gets absolutely no love whatsoever from the school, which is absurd to me. But yeah. Nelson, actually, a uh, fun fact, was not supposed to be a Berkeley kid. He was supposed to go to Tampa Prep because all his boys he grew up with went to Tampa Prep, and they were like, oh, he's going to quit football. He's just going to go play basketball at Tampa Prep. And then I think I think Sio coming from Jesuit was, like, a really big deal for him. He was like, all right, I want to play under Sio. You know, and, and truthfully, like, I I almost stayed at, Je- at Berkeley just to play for Sio because, like, I respected him and loved him so much as a leader. Like, he coached my dad, the Jesuit. Like, what he does was, works, you know? He, for my freshman, and I was about to transfer to Berkeley mm-hmm. just uh, and like, I knew like Gordy was over there too. Yeah. Over there, but it just didn't work out. I stayed at Tampa Catholic and made a little legacy over there. So it was yeah, nice. Yeah, let's talk about that a little, dude. What? How was? How was playing? So four-year varsity starter. Um, you basically played every defensive back position that they wanted you to play. Uh, unbelievable return, man. Did they? Did they have you playing offense at all? I can't. I can't recall. Only had me playing offense when I don't like to say, but like when only when they needed something or like mm-hmm. I, they my defensive back coach really didn't like me playing offense because he don't like want to risk hurt or something bad to happen. So I was strictly more DB and returner. But like if they needed me at receiver or running back, they'll throw me in. Like in case Devin was tired or somebody, they'll throw me in there. So I loved offense. Like really, yeah, I loved offense. If I wanted, to, if I was to go back and like just play one position and like I would probably be receiving. No way. As a as a DB you're saying this. Yeah. I just like I just like the ball in my hands. Like that's the thing. I just like to do something with the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's right. why I like returning so much because that's the only time I really got the ball in my hands and mm-hmm. I did what well it's like guaranteed in your hands too. You don't have to get a pick. Yeah. 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 With how um special teams are, especially now in the NFL, like how has I guess kick returning or punt returning changed at all, like how recruitment wise in the past. Cause I know before it was just like, look for a guy with great speed, good enough hands to get some well, fair catches. But like, what do they really look for? Special teams, you, everybody wants to put, you have to play special, especially when you get the, you get drafted to the NFL, like they automatically put you on a special yeah. team. All the rookies, special teams, everything, all special teams. So when you go into college, you like, say you're a freshman, you want to get on the field right away. Special teams. Like that's, they always they love people who are diehard special team people who will just go out there and do what the coach says and go 110 percent. And that's my co- every coach that I've been around says special teams is the key to get on the field. So what do you think about special teams? Because like when I was younger, it was always like oh, I was like the kids that suck play special teams. Like it's whatever. Like those like that's what it is. And then as you get older, like I had a coach. Uh, one of my like my my first ever strength and conditioning coach, like my first ever trainer, Coach Jason Lane. He coached at Chamberlain for like six years. He was like, it's a third of the game. He's like, if we if we win special teams, we win every punt, we win every punt return, we win every kick, we win every kick return. He goes, and then we win one of the offense or defense, we win the game. He's like, and he's like, if we win special teams and our offense sucks that day and our defense can hold, we're gonna win the game. And I was like, I never thought about it like that. And then kind of like what Zach said, now you got guys that go to the NFL strictly for special teams. Like you have guys that get drafted, like Devin Hester, like started that. Like that's it's crazy now. I think it's. What, what are your thoughts on, on special teams in the game of football? Just the battle of field position. Like, if you can put your team in a good field position, if that's punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, and you're and you're 
excellent on all four phases of special teams, then it's just getting you closer to or easier to get that dub throughout the game. Like special teams, really important. Like if you can get a punter that can punt the ball inside the 10 time or a kicker who can kick it off and through the end zone so you don't got to risk returns or just special teams is important. Like if you go to any college coach, they'll tell you how important it is. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. You think it gets more love and respect in college than it does in, in high school? Or love, oh, yeah, for sure. Especially once you get to the NFL, that's where, like, you're, you're playing special teams. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, how good you are. You're, like, you're starting off on special teams. Mm-hmm. So if anybody that's going to college or about to get drafted, just know special teams is where you're going to be at until you know that you're ready to get on the field. Would you rather have a pick six, though, or a kick return for a touchdown? Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. I mean, dude, that's a really good one, though. That's a tough question, but uh, probably yeah, pick six. I mean, yeah. a little more quarterback. You think it's there's more? Yeah. You think there's more pick sixes that happen in a season, or or return just touchdowns? I'll probably say. I kind of want to say pick six. I'll probably say pick six. Yeah, too, I kind of want to. Like little screen dumps, you know? Oh. Or just in general. In general, like like high school to NFL. I would high say school, high school school's, well, high school's returns for sure, right? For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I had a couple returns in high school. I had more returns than I had pick sixes in high school. Damn. Yeah. Um, but probably pick six when I like get to like the NFL and yeah. Kickoff returns like you have a good uh, you have a good kickoff team. They're coming down there tackling you inside the twenty, and then you go what you do. I feel like also too is like high school is kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is like out of those eleven kids, seven of them are only playing. Like that's the only reason they're on the field is because special teams. Versus in college, you could have a starting running back on kickoff. Like you yeah. have, like they're gonna put the best fastest guy they can. They're gonna put him there. It doesn't matter what position he is. Right now, I said the best players are gonna be on the field on special team. Like yeah. that's a no brainer right there. Yeah, for sure. Now, tiptoeing back a little, back to the the high school, talk us a little bit about what it was like playing at Tampa Catholic. Like, what made you want to go there? Like, how how you think it went versus how you wanted it to go? Like, just elaborate a little bit. Because, I mean, you, you, I would say from my my memory, that your four seasons there were the, probably the best four-year run Tampa Catholic's had since I can recall. Yeah. Um, my family, my mom and my uncle went to Tampa Catholic. So, like, it was part – like, it was destined for me to go to Tampa Catholic. But I was – so close to going to Jesuit though. Like I was really about to get out of the Jesuit. It was gonna go, and I was like, I "Think you didn't do that, man?" That <laughs> would have been fun playing with Malik and Travell and putting all them. It would have been nice to play with them. But um, TC was fun. We had uh, me, you know, Devin, mm-hmm. Nate came in towards the end of my uh, two years of uh, Carlson for a little bit. Carlson, yeah, yeah honestly. but it was fun. DC was a great time, and I had a lot of memories out there. And um, but my sophomore year, I tore my PCL, so like that kind of put a damper on a lot of stuff because I was just now getting recruited, and then first game of the season of my sophomore year, blew out my knee. And I was like, a whole like that whole season was just rough. I thought I was never gonna get right again. I thought it was over with. Went through a lot of trials and tribulations, but found my way back to it. Got a scholarship, and I'm here where I am right now. Is that your uh, only? Was that your only major injury that you've had thus far? In my life, no. I broke. I broke my femur. Holy my... shit! Yeah. Elaborate on that, please. Yeah. How I'll... do you? How do you bounce back? 
Yeah, what? <laughs> I was 10 years old when I broke my femur. I was, um, it was for my birthday party. It was right after a TBYFL game. <laughs> we go to, you know, remember, y'all remember Gameworks? Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. Gameworks? Yeah, at Ebor, right? Yeah, at Ebor. Yeah, yeah. About game time now? Yeah, same shit. Yeah, but we went there for my birthday and, um, we're chilling probably like 20 minutes and 10 minutes into the party. Me and my buddy get on this like, well, this girl's already on this like little simulated ride, like a big old bubble, like she's inside of it. And we decided just to hop the little gate fence and get on the back of it and start riding it. So we're riding it. And next thing you know, it goes up and it comes down and just cracks my leg. Oh. First, I start laughing and I'm like, and I try to move it and I just feel the bone in my leg just start swinging. And next thing I know, I'm just screaming. Got rushed to the hospital. My gosh. It was gruesome. What was that recovery like? Oh, you know, it was wild, bro. I was in a wheelchair for a little bit. You can't cast it, right? No, nah, I was in a wheelchair. I was in the hospital for at least a couple months, like I think a month or so. And oh my gosh. Was yeah. the recovery time longer on the femur or the knee injury? Uh probably the knee injury. Like, cause bones are really like you. I would rather break a bone than tear. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, than tear. Yeah, than tear a muscle. Hundred percent. Cause yeah. you, you can almost guarantee the reconstruction of a bone. You can't a hundred percent guarantee the reconstruction of a knee or something. It's easier to like tear it again after you tear it once. And once also, get- if I'm not mistaken, if you break a bone and and, and replace it, it gets stronger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my left leg's stronger than my right one. That's the one you broke your femur. Uh huh. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So going to the injury, when when you went through that and uh when you were older at TC, what was that? What was going through your head right there? Like was it like was that one of you would you say one of the biggest adversities you had to overcome? Like at least in oh, football? Definitely one of, I was at like one of the, my lowest moments in my life because I was like I never like I just thought it was never gonna heal. Like there was times where I would just sit in my room just crying, like, dang, like football's over with. I got like I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I would, my mom would tell me just keep working, keep working. Everyone would keep telling me just it'll come. Like my trainers, like don't stress it. It'll, everything will fall into place, and it did. So it just you can't let that stuff get to your head. You just gotta really take it and then go with it. So work you're, as getting, well. you're getting recruited by by you. So if I, I might be wrong here, but if I can dig dig into my memory, we talked your junior season going into your senior season. And you were telling me that you were really interested in Maryland, but you were thinking you were going to commit to Toledo. And then you committed to Toledo, and then you ended up decommitting and going to USF. Can you talk us what that through that process a little bit? Like, what 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 was on your mind and everything? Well, that whole situation, we had uh, me and my mom and Jordan took a road trip to Maryland and Toledo. Toledo already offered me, so I was just going on a visit to Toledo, but Maryland wanted to talk to me, but the whole uh, – it was a bunch of traffic, so we didn't get to Maryland until late. So I, like, met with the coach. They didn't really offer me, so I was just like, all right, am I really going to mess with Maryland? And then I was – I committed to Toledo. I think I was already committed to Toledo. I'm not sure. But I went to Toledo, and I just didn't like the area I was around. It just wasn't Tampa. Yeah, was, nowhere near Tampa. <laughs> it was always raining and just wasn't my vibe. I didn't like I was going to have a lot of fun out there. And I wanted to be somewhere I'm comfortable with. And I think I can have somewhat fun, but you know what I mean? Yeah, for uh, sure. After decommitting from Toledo, USF, or when I committed to Toledo, USF was still on me heavy. Like, they were hitting me up every day. And this was Tiger staff, correct? Staff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were hitting me up every day, talking to me, seeing how I was doing. 
And then I was just like, uh, Ray told me, he was like, before the season starts, you need to commit to a school, like be right, like, so you don't have to worry about any school. Because college football, like, coaches will give you an offer, and then right before you commit, they'll like, oh, your offer's not available anymore. You know what I mean? And that's what I was worried about. I was like, I'm not going to play throughout a whole season, not be not committed, and then have no offers. And then I'm After just stories about them giving like two kids that are equally like as talented at a position an offer. And then when one bites, they just pull the other one. It's a messed up like business, but I committed to USF and it wasn't a bad choice. I, I had a great time at USF. Now, can, can you talk us through a little bit what your recruiting process was like? Like, like what was there schools that you really wanted that, that didn't like you or like, what were some different like ways they reached out to you? Like at all, like how was, I mean, you, cause you were pretty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm a, in no disrespect, I wouldn't say you like a five-star recruit, but you were getting recruited. Like there was schools looking at you and talking to you. Like, what was that process like? It was fun, man. Like it was, it's a fun process. School is a lot of, and like my favorite school growing up was Florida. Like I always be a Gator, but they we're never looked. We're fans, but we'll act like we didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, but like they never looked my way, so it is what it is. But uh, my biggest offer is probably Arizona. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. And then they wanted me to commit right away. I was like, I've never been out there. I'm like, I've never been. Yeah. I know, take the offer away. And it's just like a crazy business. Like, so the recruitment was fun, but I'm kind of glad it's over with. Yeah, I wanted you to go to Wisconsin so bad. When I heard they started reaching out to you, I was like, please, like, please, please go to cool. Wisconsin. Like, they come up to TC all the time. They'll look at they size you up. They ask you a couple questions. And there's a, I'm not the biggest person. Mm-hmm. So they, like, they look for like potential, like oh six six two, and this wide, but like it might not be that good. You know what I mean? Now, that's another thing I wanted to bring up was like the politic aspect. Do you do you like believe like just because like because I'm gonna be honest, I was telling Zach before like we got you on because you and I've been talking about this for a little bit. I was like Bentley should be playing at Power Five. Like there's no doubt about it. But I feel like just because of your size, they wouldn't offer you. And I feel yeah. like, was that something you felt like you ran into a lot? It was like, it wasn't your skill at all. It was just like, oh, how something you can't control. Exactly. That's it, honestly. But like, that's why I play with a chip on my shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, oh, you're not too, you're not this big, you're not that. But you see me on the field, I play like I'm 6'3. No, yeah, for sure. Your impact yeah. still and every level you've played on. Yeah. So like, that just gave me like an extra chip on my shoulder. Like, oh, you don't like me because of my size. Let me show you how big I play, really. So when you got to USF, how long did you actually get with Taggart before um, the coaching changes? Because I think you had three, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't get to play with Taggart. I only had two. Because you, you had Taggart, then Charlie Strong, and then the guy, the D2 guy, right? The Valdosta State guy? No, no, no. It was Taggart, Strong, and Jeff Scott came my last year. Okay. Yeah, last two years. But, yes, Taggart, I never – played with Taggart. He left right when I uh got there. And Charlie Strong was there. Charlie, coach Strong was a great coach. Great, good people. And Jeff Scott, he was a great coach as well. Just didn't connect all the way. So I ended up going to Nevada. So with was, Charlie Strong, what 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 was it that you think it just didn't work for him? Coach Strong? Yeah. I guess he just wasn't winning enough. We like we were winning at first. We went he started off at eleven and two my freshman year. And then sophomore year, we went seven and zero, and then the last we lost the last six games, and then from there it was just decline. So from your from your point though, like what do you think it was that was leading to that not like the success dying out? Uh, 
people like to blame the coaches, but like it's also the players as well. If you can't connect with your players and the players can't connect with the coaches, it's just like a battle between the two, and like there's no connection, so mm-hmm. nobody wants like you know what I mean. No, so it's sure. harder not connected with and like have love for. But I wouldn't say that's for everybody. I was at USF, but like I guess that played a role. But I feel like from the outside point of view, everyone was talking about recruitment because, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna like I'm not trying to like point fingers, but Tiger's not a good head coach. I really don't think so. But when he was at USF, he recruited like a motherfucker. Like, dude, to have Quentin Flowers and Marlon Mack on a on a group of five team together, that's that's unbe- that's insane. Quentin Flowers, Marlon Mack, Dearness Johnson, dude. Uh, Valdez. Yeah. Valdez Scantling. Yeah. yeah holy, holy shit. shit. They had Rodney Adams. That's in the league right now. They were, they were a stack team. Yeah, dude, dude. That's a, that's, those are power five players. Like those are NFL players. Like. Oh, right now. And they're not like, well, Quinn's on the league, but he was in the league and he's, I think he's playing in that. Uh, USFL. No, not the USFL. What's the, the league? Johnny? No, no, no. The, the players, the player one. No, the fan based one. It's like yeah, yeah, the the, the oh, fan documentary, fan control football. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I still don't know what that is to this day. Like I'm so confused on it. It's football, and then the people that are there, they download an app, and like you get put on either team, and then there'd be like, the, like say you're on offense, right? The three plays will pop up like Madden. You click what play you want, whichever the the most people clicked, that team runs that play. Oh wow. Oh okay. Cool though, and they like a touchdown, like for extra points, they do one on one. Yeah, yeah, they do one on ones, which is awesome, by the way. Super cool. I kind of like that idea. So, so back to the uh, USF. You were there. You had a very good season. Then mm-hmm. you decided. What was it? Was there anything in particular that made you want to leave? Was it the not winning? Like, what? What was it that you were like? I need to transition. I need to. I need to grow, develop somewhere else. It was just a rebuild. I didn't want to be part of a rebuild state. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just like the best fit for me was to just get out of there. I wasn't seeing eye to eye with a, like a couple of people, so like it wasn't like any hatred towards anyone. It was just putting myself in a better position to get where I want to get to. And transferring was the best bet. And living in Tampa my whole life, high school, college, middle school, all that. I was like, if I transfer, I want to be in the West Coast somewhere. Don't care that. That's where I want to go. So, but you, you enjoyed your time at USF while you were there? Like, you, you're you glad you chose that decision? I don't regret it at one bit. I had a great time. What's yeah. the uh, – What were you saying, Billy? I was going to say, like, I don't regret going to USF, but, like, living in Tampa and, like, playing in Tampa, there's a lot of, like, distractions. Oh, I can only yeah. imagine, bro. I can uh, only imagine. Yeah. Not like I, like, got my family, got my friends, but, like, there's just distraction. Like I would rather be somewhere where I'm like locked up in like a little bubble focused on football and school and USF with Tampa. I mean, we, we live in Tampa, you know how it is. Yeah, no. Yeah. You, if anyone understands it's us. There's a lot of responsibility. So, so with that move to Nevada, what was like the cold biggest cultural changes for you? Cause I know like living in Tampa your whole life, like you kind of grow up around here, like you become accustomed to things, you know what it's like. What was like the biggest changes for you over there? Weather. The weather. Cold as hell. I mean, my, my coach tells me, he's like, it gets cold you. over there? Bro, it snows. No way. My coach tells me, when I, he's, I asked him like, coach, is it like snow? I think he goes, uh, not really. Like it didn't get that bad. Like, 
fly out to Nevada when I'm going there. Went from Tampa heat to just straight blizzard. It was already, it was, already, it was probably like four, like we're having, I was having snowball fights, like my third day out, <laughs> snowboarding, the weather. So that, that was pretty much the like really change between Tampa and Nevada and the people, I guess. The people aren't as aggressive out there than they are out here. Neither aggressive here in Florida. I think they're just a little arrogant a little bit. Like, they, like they don't really. See, don't really, you know what's weird is I guess since we go to FAU, we have so many like Northeastern people. I feel like compared to like them, we're so much more relaxed. Like we're really? way more late. Yeah, bro. Like all my, all my, like, I don't know if Jersey it's like Southern hospitality or it's just like, it's just, we're, we're in better weather. So we're happier more, but like, all my New Jersey, like New York, PA, Connecticut friends, like they're not assholes, but they have like a little mm on them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's a little like, what's up? Like, I feel like that we don't have that here. I mean, we have a little like, yeah, you're going to get arrogant kids everywhere. But like, I feel like it's a, it's a lot easier to make friends with someone you don't know in Florida than it is up there. Yeah. It's easier. I, I see. I can see that. Yeah. And I was out here and they're like, I don't really see. I don't really meet a lot of Florida natives or Tampa natives. Out here. In Nevada? No, in, in Tampa. Oh, really? I was talking to somebody. I don't know who it was. But they was like, yeah, I don't meet a lot of Tampa natives out here. Like, I really meet people like Northerners, like people from New York and Pennsylvania and all those stuff. I was like, I can see that because I meet a lot of people out there. Like, if you go out to, like, Soho or anything, you meet a lot of people from that area, like New York and all that, which Tampa's changing. You guys, you can see it. it's getting bigger. Yeah, I, I mean, I think my mom sent me an article the other day that was like, the rent is becoming one of the most expensive places to live in an apartment in the country. Like, it's place now. I think we're already ahead of Cali. Do you think that, like, and I'm being dead serious right now, you think with the success of the Lightning and the Bucks and the Rays, that's a reason to? I blame Tom Brady. You blame Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he comes with goods and bads. We win championships, but we come poor, okay? Yeah, and definitely the, the Lightning winning back-to-back. I think I go back-to-back, two-back. This year, hopefully. And the Bucks winning, the Rays coming up. I mean, yeah, that's definitely playing, like, coming like the city of champions. Mm-hmm. And a factor on why Tampa's becoming a real tour city. I think that had to do a big part with it, and I think I think with the whole co- I think the whole COVID shit did a big part oh, yeah. too. You know, because you're in Florida, you're like, all right, I I don't want to live in Orlando because it's too busy. I don't want to move to South Florida because I have a family and like that. That's just too crazy. Tampa's like a good middle. It's a good you can tourist there, but you can also like focus up and like do your shit. A, like you go four hours to Miami, two hours to. Florida, uh, an hour from Orlando, like you can, and then you can go right back to Tampa and just go meeting between yeah. everything. Well, I always tell my friends that aren't from Tampa, I'm like, you could break Tampa up into four cities. Like North Tampa is like, it could be like, it's Redneckville. South Tampa is mm-hmm. the rich. West Tampa is the Hispanics. And East Tampa is like town and country. Like exactly. you could literally that, break it into four different cities. Uh, that's, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, you can. It's huge, bro. Tampa's massive. Tampa is massive. City, man. One of, the things, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was in Florida, we have this kind of like humid heat, but in Arizona, is it more like a dry heat? And like, what's the difference between like Florida. that? I can't tell you out there. I love the weather out there, like, because you can like breathe. I come back down and I'm like, dang, I can't, like, my nose is all stuffy, like, the humidity is all like, you go outside and you're sweating first five minutes. But now in Nevada, like, you go out there and have a nice little day, walk around and not be sweating the whole time and worrying about humid and all that stuff. So the weather out there when it's like 
nice weather. Definitely better than I went. I've been to Vegas twice. I just went, uh, and I I worked with Booger at the draft. I would say the biggest, like the way I would describe it, is when you're in Florida and it's hot, and you go under an umbrella, it's still hot as balls. When you go to Nevada or you're like you're in the West Coast and it's hot and you're under an umbrella, you don't feel the heat at all because it's not humidity. You only get the heat from the direct sun. But when it like when it's scorching hot in Nevada, it's like your skin's burning. Like because it's so dry, right? Yeah, it's so dry. Damn. Yeah, I would die. I think I would literally die. Yeah, no, Zach is a pale ass motherfucker, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He would burn so bad. Game over. Absolutely no shot. You get all four seasons in Nevada, which is cool. You get the snow, you get the fall, you get the, the heat. It's nice. It's a nice weather out there. So, are there a lot of Florida kids on your team? Uh, no, I'm the only Florida kid. No, what on the whole really? roster? No, no. Last year there was me and like two other, and I think this year is only one. That is insane. Damn. One guy. They all Cali. People. I'm assuming they're like more California, Texas kids. Yeah, Texas, a lot of Cali, a lot of LA, a lot of Bay Area kids. So, but Florida grew out in Florida. When you went to Nevada, so one thing we really wanted to talk to you about was like the transfer portal process. Like you hear about all the time, but no, I've never really, I don't really know like the in depth of it, like how it really works. Like, can you talk us through that a little bit? Like when you, when you decided to leave USF and you announced it, like was Nevada already on your mind or did you have to reach out to coaches? Did coaches reach out to you? Like, how did, how did all that work? That uh, kind of crazy because I already I told my coach coach I want to transfer and then I was like I'm not getting paid at USF right now so I was like I need to get a job so I get a job at Target and then I transfer portal and the lady texts me from USF she's like you into the transfer portal and it, my my phone just starts blowing up like I'm getting like Twitter notifications saying oh USF football player into the transfer portal da, 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 da. I didn't get the post yet. And the next thing I know, first coach that hit me up was Nevada. And so that hope like, like the coaches just start hitting you up from there. I, I thought going into the transfer portal, like, oh, it's going to be hard. There's like thousands of kids in the transfer portal. So, like, you really got to be like that guy to, like, just get looked at because you don't like this. That thing is deep, the whole transfer portal. Oh, yeah. It's complex, too. So the coaches started hitting me up, and Nevada was the first one to hit me up, and they were the most consistent. So I was just like, um, I like I want to commit to Nevada, and then right before I committed to Nevada, TCU hit me up. Damn. Yeah, they hit me up. Like, uh, would you like to? Uh, we might, we might have a spot opening up on like next Thursday or something. So, would you want to hold off on your uh, commitment to Nevada and see what we would do? I tell my mom, and she was like, uh, "Pray on it. Like, pray on it. Put your phone down, pray on it, and we'll make a decision in the morning." Because I wanted to go to a school in the spring. I didn't want to wait a whole semester and then go in the summer and be behind because. You go to school in the spring, you're you're ahead of the game. You get to learn the defense, you get to meet the players, coaches, and you create a bond. So I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work at Target for a whole semester and then go in somewhere. So I go home or I'm at the crib, I go pray. Right after I'm done praying, Nevada calls me. They're like, what's up? I'm like, just talking, I was like, Hold on, let me talk to my mom, coach. I'm like, Mom, I just prayed and Nevada just called me. If that's not a sign, then I don't know what is. Yeah. So I ended up committing to Nevada. Never visited though. I that was, I never got to visit Nevada. Like they would like they told me like a little vo- virtual tour, mm-hmm. and place looked beautiful. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to Nevada. That's a really dope story, actually. 
great choice. So great. Yeah. Great. So I don't regret making that decision going to Nevada. Yeah. When you uh when you got your virtual tool tour, what was like some things you thought about the school before going to it? And then like what like changed for you once you got there? Like what did you become more accustomed to? What do you mean? So like when you got your virtual tour tour, like obviously you have like presumptions about the school. Like you have like this idea of what the school's gonna be like, but then like how did like what was it actually like for you? Like how what was different? I would just say the kids, like you going from hanging out with straight Florida florida people to straight cali people and like the difference between florida and cali is just night and day honestly oh, insane yeah like cali kids were laid back chill like go with the flow but like they're still fun but like then you go florida we're just like hype like kind of crazy yeah it's just like ah it's like there was really no i wasn't really expecting much going to nevada but i definitely grew in like going there and just being around like this a different culture is definitely like this is fun i just wanted to get out of tampa and try something new and i've been ever since i've been at nevada i've been traveling like the world that technically i've been to alaska i've been to san diego for a little bit did you say you went to alaska yeah how did that correlate my uh roommate um my boy tom we became like really good friends like that's like that's like my brother right now and he's from alaska and his family flew us out to Alaska and then we were going on his creek cabin, lake cabin, having a good old time, like Alaska. And then we went during the summer and like during the summer, Alaska doesn't get dark. Like Stay it would be, night. bro, like the darkest it gets is like sundown. Like just a little bit, like it'll be like 12 o'clock and it'll look like it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus. So you're just partying? Uh, it's not really a part. Like we were, I was doing a whole bunch of country stuff. Like yeah. we were, I was, I was, I was country living, party living. It was, it was fun though. Like we went fly fishing. We were like he, my boy flies planes, so like we would fly to his creek cabin and go to his lake cabin and go to jet ski. Yeah, it was a beautiful place, man. Alaska's nice. Now, since you're playing, all right, you're from Florida, okay? You you played at USF, which was a lot of Florida South Southeastern kids. Now you're yeah. playing with primarily Texas and California kids. You still think Florida runs high school football? Easily. And I always I'm always arguing with my boys in Cali about Yeah, that. yeah. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Period. Like they just like but Cali players are good though. Like everyone's good, but it's just the difference I would say the difference between Cali and Florida is like the shit talking. Like the physicality, like, would you say, right? Yeah, but I think we're a little more aggressive. Yeah. But they're just as good though. Like, I mean, I've met, I know a couple boys from Cali or my whole team right now, mostly from Cali, but they're all some dogs too though. Mm. Well, dude, I mean, it's without like, and I, I'm not even trying to be biased, but it's without a doubt Cali, Texas and Florida, are the top three. I don't want to hear shit about Georgia. I don't want to hear shit about New Jersey. If you made a superstar team with the best kids from the state, those are the best three teams and they're going to dog everybody else. I'm sorry. They are, but I feel like, and this is look. This is coming from my perspective. Uh, my highest quality of football is being a varsity football player, you know. But I would say with with Texas, they're the most funded, so they get a lot of they get a lot of love and a lot of attention. They're getting ESPN following for yeah, high school. Damn, they're like a mini college. Exactly. Like yeah, it's like a JUCO level college, honestly. 
And then for, for California, you get like all like the pretty boys, like the, the really good quarterbacks, like all that stuff. But I'm telling you, there's something in the water in Florida, bro. There are some dogs. I just don't see that. I feel like we play so much more physical. Like it's more like a fight. And I feel like the speed is just, there's no speed. Like, like Florida no, speed. definitely the speed out here is, uh, is definitely different from Cali. Yeah. I'm pop. It's just second or fastest on the team. And the only one that's probably faster than me is a dude from like Texas. Yeah. So like I think the southern, like this south and the west is just different. I think the speed out here is definitely a lot faster. Bro, but and if you watch like like my biggest example, Quinn Ears, Iwers, whatever his name is, quarterback of Texas, I think he's overrated out the ass. I think he's so overhyped. He went to Ohio State. He first of all, fuck this kid. First and foremost, okay, fuck this kid. He just skipped his senior year of high school. You don't do that, bro. You don't do that. You don't just skip senior year. You go and you enjoy your senior year of high school. Like, be a normal fucking person. I don't respect it. You want to live that senior year of high school. Yeah, it's huge. Fuck football, dude. That's like like your last year being a kid. Like, that's, like, huge for development. Then you go to Ohio State. You don't win the job. No shit. You're 17 years old. And then instead of trying to earn your stripes, you just transfer to where you can play. Okay, so first of all, fuck that kid. If he was here, I'd say it to his face. Fuck that kid. Second of all, this is my example on him. The football he plays in Texas. He uh-huh. played in a no way. Am I trying to be like derogatory? But he played in a all white private school league. Okay. With uh-huh. little, like little kids. And yeah, no shit. You're going to throw 600 yards and six touchdowns. Your team's just better than everybody else. If you put him in a Hillsborough County conference, or you put him in a freaking Dade County or Fort Lauderdale, he's getting mocked. He's getting destroyed. He's getting killed. Those those corners are going to pick every fucking air ball he throws, and he's going to get hit one time by a real defender, and he's going to be like, fuck this, I'm done. I, I'm I just done. don't – and I don't think he's ever going to translate to college. I just don't. We'll see, man. The college will definitely change a person. I've seen college break or make a person. So, yeah, bro. I mean, I just saw a video the other day that was like – it, it listed off all the, the number one recruits of every recruiting class last, like, 10 years. Only, like, two of them in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, like, or, like, only two of them play. Like, it's it's insane. It's crazy. Stars, and that's why I say stars don't matter. That's for any well, kid. Yeah. Stars don't matter. You could be zero star and walk on and you're on an NFL team. I think, what, Hunter Renfro? That's a great example. Baker walk Mayfield? On. Exactly. So, just the drive you have and the – dedication you have to the game to get to where you want it and the work you put in. So, but that's the one thing I don't like. I think you really barked up the transfer portal. I don't, I'm not a bit because I'm glad I didn't have that in high school, but it dampers high school players on getting a spot on a college team because coaches more, mostly like their first recruitment is kids in the transfer portal. Cause they want guys with experience. They want guys that played in college. They want bigger guys and, kids in high school like you got your like freaks of nature in high school that obviously get recruited but like the guys that are like two stars three stars no stars like it's hard for them to get offers mm-hmm. so yeah that, that's trans- what, that was another thing i wanted to, to bring up to you is like how different is the transfer portal now versus when you were in it now uh i don't think anything's changed honestly it's, I mean, just, it's, it's, just, it's virtually free agency now yeah that's exactly what it is cause it's a college free agency yeah so what do you just, are you a fan of that, or, or like, what are your thoughts on it? I'm not a fan of a transfer portal. Like, well, like I went to it. Like, I use it to my advantage. But like, if you're gonna be at a school. Like, I don't know, man. It's just 
coaches will go like kids in high school. Is it sucks for the kids in high school? Like they don't, they're not really getting looked at first. The kids in the transfer portal getting looked at, and some of the kids in the transfer portal are just leaving because they just don't want to be at the school anymore, and they just want to try something new. Like my situation back at uh, Nevada, literally, like our coaching staff leaves, right? The whole coaching staff leaves, and then this is with like it's like tampering kind of the coaching staff that left. They went to Colorado State, and they. 15 kids had the whole roster, yeah. Whole roster. Now they're all at Colorado State. They left us. They didn't play in the bowl game. So we had like walk ons and play, playing offense. Like we didn't have a lot. Like it just put us in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're, now we're rebuilding at Nevada just because kids didn't like, but like the kids that transferred, they could have been playing. Like they, they had a spot. They just wanted to go. They wanted to follow coaches. And that's something you can't do is follow coaches because they will just up and leave you without regard they're just chasing the business they just i'm this school's paying me the most so i'm gonna go there yeah so, so. that so the, the, i saw a tweet the other day and it was talking about like i don't think nil all right first of all i don't like how nil you can make you could pay a kid to go like that's what you're seeing now too is kids leaving to where they get the most money which i'm not a fan of because that, that changes it turns college into semi-pro which is what we don't want we wanted to stay college um but the other thing is i think you could still work around that you just have to make it the one-year ban like, remember when that used to be a thing? If you transferred, you had to wait a whole season for you to play for that school. If you do that, I think that regardless of the NIL deal, it's going to change. And the, the, the biggest thing I don't like about it, Ben Lee, is that it takes away adversity. Like, it used to be you go to USF, right? You get your you get your shit stuffed in first year, and you're like, dude, I don't know if I'm good enough to go here. Instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go transfer, you're going to work your ass off, and you're going to grow as a person. You're going to grow as a football player. You're going to grow as, like, an individual. Like, that's a very key part of – success like we're football and in real life like you're never just going to be able to like oh i'm gonna go transfer now like i i I don't like that aspect yeah man it's it's, that's i agree with you on that too that's what i don't like about it too like like, all right that's too hard let me go try somewhere else Mm -hmm. then you go when you find out oh this is just as hard now what do you do you're gonna transfer again now you just look like you don't you're not really caring you're just trying to find the easiest route so i don't i don't really respect it but no, I didn't do it because I was battling through adversity. I was doing like I don't still want to be part. Yeah, we're not of it. calling you out. We're not calling you out. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just there's players that do do that though. So, Queen Hours. <clears throat> do you think um, commitments have kind of lost some meaning? Like I feel like before, like when you committed to a school, like before the transfer portal, especially. I mean, even though it was there, it wasn't really as popularized as it was now. But like, especially now, you have kids that like doesn't matter if I commit here because if it doesn't work out, I'm leaving. So, yeah. like, basically, commitments really have lost. Like, you can commit to a school, go there, hate it. All right, now I'm leaving. Don't even play a season. You go through one semester just because you don't like the coaches. Now you want to leave. Like, people think you go into college, like, you can be this big person out of high school, big recruit, and then expect to just play right away. Like, no, nah, you got to earn your spot on the team. You got to earn your position. You don't just go there and think, oh, shit sweet and they're gonna play me right away like i said college i've seen it break and make plays so dude there was a uh a, a video i saw the other day that the high school quarterback for dk metcalf is still in college football he went Man. he went the when dk metcalf was a senior in high school his quarterback was who was also a senior in high school what year is dk metcalf uh, i think He's going into, I think he's going into his new contract. So f- four years. Four years from now. 
I don't know. Let's look it up real quick. Let's look it up real quick. That's a, that's a good question. All right. DK Metcalf graduated. In, whoops. Uh, I don't know, actually. He played Oxford, Mississippi. I think he was class of 2016. Yeah, class of 2016. That's not bad, but he's still in college. Bentley, we're about to start the 2022-2023 season, bro. But I'm 2017, though. Yeah, I guess it's not that bad. But, like, I, but if he, he's in college this year, I think last year would probably would have been his last year. Unless he – No, so, so this is – yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, he went – he went D1 to, I think, SMU. I want to say SMU. Mm-hmm. He went D1, red shirt, and didn't play. Went Juco, went D1, COVID year, injury, red shirt, and then he got a season. I think he's at Mississippi State now his final year. That COVID, that COVID year is blessing a lot of people, man. Yeah, bro. Blessing. You want Can you talk us through that a little bit? Like, what was that like playing in the COVID year? Just no fans was the only – Thing different between it, like I like to play in front of a fan base, like that kind of motivates. It's out there cheering for you, and like there's so much intensity on that field. And when there was no fans, it was just kind of weird, it was just quiet. So like, but there was nothing really different about it. It was still football. Football is football. You go out there, you perform, do the best you can. You don't think it made the game different at all? Nah, it changed the way you had to play. Nah, not really. Just the only thing annoying about it was the COVID testing every week, taking that swab up your nose and all that. That was the only annoying thing about it. And like not being able to, like, there was a whole bunch of like, the only, like, the game itself, like on the field, nothing changed about that. It was like things out of it, like the meetings and like the stuff you could do with the players and coaches. Like, you just couldn't be around anybody that six feet apart obviously and like the mask wearing it was a little bit annoying but we got through it COVID over with yeah so you talked about like the fans firing firing you up when you had the COVID season like how were you able to like get yourself fired up for games like did it even feel like still the same game you were playing with or without the fans it's just you got to find a way to just not really base like not really rely on the fans to motivate you got to find other ways to like that's just going out there and just doing what you do and listening to music before the game. Like, obviously, I still do that, but it was it was tough. I mean, it kind of felt like you were practicing a little bit. It felt like a big practice between the two different teams, but there was really no change in the game because we were still playing for something. Right. Now, did they, did they uh playoffs during the COVID year or no? Yeah, they had playoffs. Yeah, so you were still fighting for something. We so. talked to uh, Elijah Higgins, who's a starting wide receiver at Stanford. He was a first-team All-Pac-12. He was saying that it was it was different for them because, like, cadences are different. And, like, you're getting teams that used to build off, like, the hype. Like, they're not having that anymore. And he's like, it's really hard to get momentum in the game, too. And he said, like, it kind of changed the game a little bit. Like, like he's like, when there's a lot of crowd, you have to do, like, motions and stuff because you can't hear. He's like, but versus in this, you could just say what you wanted to say. But it also meant the defense was going to hear what you were going to say. And he was like, it, it, it kind of like strategically changed it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I just go out there and play ball, honestly. I, don't, <laughs> I just go out there and play. Like, they tell me my – I go out there and I – so, like, nothing changed it for me. I mean, I don't know about offense. They probably did have to do a little stuff. They probably – because 
yeah, I can see that because defense can't hear everything. It's quiet. No one's yelling at you. So I can see where he's coming from. But me personally, I just go out there and play ball, man. Yeah, for but, sure. Now, what what was like from high school to college? What do you think was the biggest, the thing you struggled with the most transitionally? And what was something that was like you didn't realize was so important and that like is very emphasized in college? The film room. And like you just have so much responsibilities going into college. Like high school was like a free for all, pretty much. Like you go to school, go right after school, you go to practice, and then you're done. College is wake up at five in the morning. And if you're late, you got some consequences. You're either running or the, every time you lay there, if it's a repetition, you're just going to the team and it's like, uh, now what do I do? But um, college, high school to college, is a little, the speed on the field, like between players, because like you go to high school, you're the best player on the team. And you go to college and then you got everybody that was the best player on the team on one team. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're always competition, like – make everything a competition like you want to beat the next man in front of you and go back to what i said the film room is probably like my toughest thing to do like i'm not really i don't really i'm not good at watching film so that's what i'm trying to learn and that's like i think that's the most important thing if you can break down film and know what offense are doing like tendencies and stuff it just makes the game a lot slower mm -hmm. out there just playing free for all and just worrying about what's going to happen like you see certain routes, you see certain formations, you're like, oh, this route's coming. You can play that and it just puts you in a better position. That's one thing I changed because in high school, I never really watched film. It just I feel like out you, there. It's, it's like uh, like you see Luke Keekley like calling out the plays the offense is running before they run in. Like, yeah. if you know what's going to happen, you know where you got to be, you're going to be there. It, I, but it's hard, dude. It's so it's so hard to, to learn. Uh, and I'm just calling out plays and routes. Uh, it's bad for offenses. Like I'm gonna be at the ball. I'm, be, I'm already around the ball a lot, but if I can see it and like see it before it happens, it puts me in a better position to make plays. So yeah, I mean, start doing like film study for fighting, and it's like trying to find tendencies, and then like when it happens, like you sometimes don't pick up on it. Like some of those guys, it's crazy, bro. It's insane how they can like literally tell you what the guy's gonna do before you fight him. Like, how is that field of like UFC and MMA? All that stuff. How, like, how's what that context? Huh? And like, what context? What What brought you to it? Like, what so made you? I actually, I started when I was four years old. I did my first jujitsu class because I was I had really bad ADHD and I had a really big mouth on me. Like, I, yeah. I talked like a lot. And my parents, first of all, they're like, "We can't put him in any sports because he gets bored." Like, football was flag. I had bored me. Like, everything bored me, and there was no contact. And I wanted to just like roughhouse. And the other thing was my parents were scared. Once I started school, I was going to get my ass beat because I had a big mouth. And they were like, well, this is a good way. And you need to remember when I started this, no one ever heard of it. MMA was eight years old, seven years old, like started in 98. I was born 99. Like it was very, very, very new. So like no one ever heard of it. So my parents were like, yeah, we're going to put him in. We're going to put him in this jujitsu class. And then I got hooked on it, like, like hooked, like it got my mouth shut and it, it, it taught me like discipline, hard work, all this stuff. And I was good. I was really you ever get hit? You ever get hit with something. It was like, Oh, like you ever get kicked in the head or something. Yeah. Everything, bro. I've, <laughs> I've gotten it all. But when I got the problem was Bentley, since it was so new, when I got to like middle school and there was like sports for my school, I kind of started pulling out of it because nobody knew what, no one cared that I was winning a tournament. Nobody cared. Like everyone thought I was doing karate. Like no one knew yeah. it existed. No one knew what, there was no such thing as UFC fans. Like, that shit didn't exist. 
It wasn't as big as it is today. Yeah, so like it was, I I, I liked playing football and and wrestling because I got love. I got it was appreciation for it. There was no mm-hmm. appreciation for me fighting. Now it's complete opposite. Everyone loves it, which is absolutely insane to me. I never thought there'd be MMA casual fans. I never thought ESPN buying the UFC is the not buying but like the partnership. That's the big, the most insane thing in the world to me. Because I used to stay up with my dad on Wednesday nights and watch it on Spark, Spike TV at eleven PM. Mm-hmm. Like that's how the MMA I grew up on, and now it's like mainstream they have Reebok it's like like people know Conor McGregor is no one even knew what MMA was when I was a kid bro and like it's it's a beauty it's 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 so awesome for the sport and it's so awesome that it grew and it's so much more like when you're asking what it's like it's so much more than fighting it's so much more than fighting you know it, it's an art you learn to respect each other like you learn you learn hard work you learn discipline like you can call it cockfighting for humans like people say that but it's not like Go go to an MMA gym, do one class. Every person there you meet is gonna be the nicest motherfucker in the world. They're gonna they you. Yeah, they're to gonna say class. thank you to you. Like it's it's not like that. It's not. Now, obviously, there's an entertainment aspect that's incorporated now due to the Conor McGregor's and Chael Sonnen's and Colby Covington's, but it's yeah. an art, bro. Like it's like you're gonna it, it's gonna break your ego and it's going to humble the shit out of you and it's gonna make you appreciate stuff. Because uh, size does not matter if they know how to kick your ass. <laughs> do you plan on going to the UFC? Like, is that like your goal? Ride it as far as I can ride it, dude. But I'm gonna, I'm done once this is done. I'm out. Like, this is my my everything, you know. But so far, I've had two fights, I haven't been hit. So I'm gonna just try to try to keep it healthy. I I only spar once a week. I try mm-hmm. not to spar too much, but you have to spar. You can't just not like yeah. you're not gonna get better if you don't spar. And okay. I just I try to stay healthy. I, I I do a lot of supplements. I I recover my body as much as I I strengthen it. You know, my trainer, uh, Shane O'Connor at, at Sky Athletics in Tampa, Florida, he always preaches that recovery and taking care of your body is just as important as strengthening it. Yeah. So I'm big on that. I'm all about durability and longevity. So I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm doing what I love right now, and hopefully I can carry it with me as long as I can, you know? That's great, man. I love the USC. Like, I tell myself, if I'm not playing football, like, I might just take up on it. Like, I'll definitely train for it, but, like, if I end up getting good at it, you never know. I might just Mess around and catch a fight, bro. Who knows? I just don't yeah. think I, I just don't want to get kicked in the face. That's my. Yeah, that's I say. So this <laughs> is my 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 perspective on it. When I'm like talking about it, or like watching it, I'm like, ooh, and I'm like, dude, that looks so scary. But when I'm in the fire, like when I'm I'm in there, that those thoughts aren't in my head at all. Like when I'm when I'm actually sparring somebody, not even that. I think it's the focus. Like like when I'm if I'm actually at practice sparring somebody, I'll eat a kick, I'll eat a punch. Like that shit doesn't phase me. Like I'm in the pocket, like. I'll get rocked. It's fine. But then when I'm watching it, it looks so much worse. It's like, oh, man, it looks so bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird to describe it. It's like the only way I can describe it is being in the fire. Like, it's like my I'm zoned in. I don't care about any of the other stuff. But I'm definitely trying to do it the safest way. I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to end up like Muhammad Ali and have Parkinson's in my 40s. Like, I just, I don't want to do that. Oh, God. That's what it is. Football, too. Like, that CTE stuff. It's Once it's gone, it's just Dope. now what? Uh, Dude, the thing is, too, is, like, I, I was never – listen, I was never scared of contact in football my entire life. I'd hit bigger dudes. Like, none of that mm-hmm. bothered me. When I left football and I started watching football again, I was like, <laughs> dude, this is the most unsafe sport in the world. It's so, like – like, there's – you literally – you could be 300 pounds smaller than a dude and just run full 50 yards at each other head-to-head and just – like, it's oh, yeah. so bad. I tried to go head up with a lineman one time. It wasn't my best decision, but <laughs> – yeah, I, I did. It gave me a little headache a little bit, but I was, man, a ginormous. Oh, You're going yeah. against 
big grown men, especially like like high like bro. If you didn't know about college, like you can be thirty years old and still be in yeah. college. BYU's whole roster is thirty years old. Exactly. So like, think about like a kid fresh out of high school playing with thirty years old, thirty year olds. It's wild. Yeah. So would you would you say that a senior to freshman in high school or senior to freshman in college is a bigger difference? A senior and freshman in high school. Really? See, I think it's the other way around. Nah, because you got to think about it. You're in high school. You're a senior. Like, you're about to be ready for college. Like, and if you're good enough, like, you're, like, coaches, like, you're prepared, like, for anything. Like, you go to college as a freshman, and you're playing against seniors. Like, you see freshmen now playing. So, like, yeah, I think yeah, okay, you have your exceptions. You have the same thing in high school. You started as a freshman. That's true. But I just think it's, like, you're not as – you're not mentally or physically built as a freshman in high school than you are as a senior or a freshman going into your freshman year of college, I feel like. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no, no. I, 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 mean, say, I just feel like a senior in college is a grown-ass man. And yeah. you could still be, like, a 17-year-old boy coming to campus. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a hard, that's a good question. I would, I would still say freshman in high school to senior in high school. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel that much different. There's not a lot of like, you don't see a lot of people as freshmen playing senior, like on varsity in high school. Like, that's not, you usually go through JV and then you do that. But like, you could be a freshman in college and be the best player on your team, be the best player in the country, bro. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I think that's the biggest tip, and I'll say high school for sure. Bentley, what do you think uh, – how big of the skill gap do you think there is between high school and college football? Because I know we talked about that kid. He literally just skipped one year, and it was a senior year of high school, and he couldn't even compete with college kids. How big of a step up was that for you when you went from your senior year to your first, like, college, like, environment? Um. I wouldn't say there's much of a change. I would just say the speed. Like, you got to get used to the speed. If you get used to the speed, then everything just slows down for you. But talent-wise, if you're talented, then you're talented. So there's not much difference going into it. So, You don't yeah. think the responsibility load is another thing that, that is a big factor difference? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Responsibility. You got a whole bunch of responsibility going into college. Like, like I said, being up in the morning, if you're late, you're – is they kind of treat it like uh, NFL. If you're late, well, NFL, if you're late or anything, they could cut you right away. You're calling it. There goes your job. Yeah, profession. yeah, exactly. College, they gave you a couple chances, but, like, you don't want to – like, you want to make a good first image when you go into college. Like, you want a good first impression, I mean. Mm -hmm. So, you just want to do everything right. You want to get your schoolwork done. You want to – that's another thing, too. Like, right now, I'm in – grad school getting my master's and i have to maintain a 3.0 if i don't maintain a 3.0 if i get a 2.9 i can't play no way yeah and this lot this past semester i was literally at a 3.0 and so if i got any c i would have to get an a just to cancel make, it out. just to cancel it out so i ended up getting two a's and the b so like it played out but like that's just like it's like if i don't get this i can't play and now what do i do I come back home, I plan for the draft, and that's that. Yeah, so let's let's a little topic change real quick. So throughout your college career, a lot of weird variables have appeared. You know, we talked about COVID, talked about 
the the new transfer portal. Let's talk about NIL deals a little bit. So before we, we, we go in a little bit on the NILs, um, I want to know if you had to pick a brand that you could have for your NIL, what would what would be your go-to number one? Like any brand. Anything. like, like Any brand. Well, like that's realistic. That's Probably realistic, Nike. of course. You'd, you'd not Bentley. Can you do Nike, huh? though, as if you your wouldn't school choose is Bentley. That's a good one. Yeah, the frozen. No, no. What happened here? We got a little frozen goes. We're frozen. We good. I think we're still here though. Where do we NIO deals? If you had to pick your, your go-to. Yo, he kind of just I said Nike, but Bentley. Yeah. Yo, I'm the <laughs> one that gave be... him that idea, by the way. I don't I want my credit <laughs> for that. That that would definitely be one right. A Bentley sponsorship would be that nuts. would be so tough. That would be yeah. so tough. Yeah. Yeah, and I, but like the thing is, I'm not like I don't dislike nil deals, but like I just think it's hurting the, it's hurting college football. Yes, that's why I wanted to go on with this. Yeah, give, give us your your opinion. It is is getting kids are getting too bougie and like oh I want like I think aren't like top recruits getting like millions of dollars almost oh, millions yeah millions dude um, yeah. John Robinson just got a Lamborghini deal. I got see like that's what I'm saying. If I get a deal and like I'm getting paid millions. Like is it like you get you obviously you get to the NFL, but like I've already made like just as much money. I could probably make more, but like I can set my life up already. Like people, their, their lives are already set with just the million dollar sponsorships. So like, and like they get big headed. Like they're like, oh, like I don't need to do this. I got this sponsorship. I got this nil deal. Like I'm too good for this and that. And I just think it's hurting college football as a whole. Like I'm Here, kind of glad. Like, here's my opinion on it. I am all for players getting paid one million yeah, no, 100%. players deserve it i mean i can i wrote a, i wrote a paper i've said this in almost every podcast i wrote a paper in high school on why players should get paid talking about how the ncaa is the most corrupt business in the world but mm-hmm. there also needs to be an extent to where it stays college and i think there's two ways i think there's two ways you do this i think the first way you do it is you don't do nil you do stipends so every single college athlete that's on scholarship in the entire country gets the same base pay I don't know however much it is, let's say 8000 a month, okay? They get that every single month, 5000 a month, whatever. They get Everyone's getting the same. Or D1 might get more, D2, but, like, everyone's getting a stipend. Every player yeah. in that division. And then what that does is that it's able to pay their rent. It's able to get them food. They can take a girl on a date. They can get something nice they like. Like, it's just a little bit, but it also keeps it in the college level to where, like, it's not a recruiting factor as well as it's not, it's not like, kids being able to, like, making professional money. I think the other way you do it, as you do the NIL with a cap, there's a, there's an absolute max you can have. And the boosters can't raise money for your kids. You can't, you can't use it as a recruiting factor because there's a cap. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think that also affects the transfer portal. And real quick, before I let uh, uh, you and Zach go, like I said, back to Elijah Higgins we had on. So he was a part of some college football players association um, right before COVID hit. And all the PAC 12 guys, like they had like representatives for each team made like yeah. a whole packet sheet. I can't remember the exact name of it, but they made a packet sheet that they sent to the NCAA. And they're like, we refuse to play unless these standards are met. And he's like, instead of like meeting their standards and working with them, the NCAA was like, Oh, here's an IL deals. And they just like tiptoed around the whole problem. And he's like, it's nice. Cause like we're getting paid. That's like a part of what we wanted, but it's like the NCAA completely just ignored everything else. And like, Instead of addressing all the like, stuff we talked about, they're just like the NCAA really would rather have who we are, you know. You know the NCAA, I, well, I see. I think the NCAA would rather have other people pay them 
and then it come out of their own money. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's what I think that's what they try to that's what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to like people get away from like, oh, instead of you should be paying more. But now that you're getting NIL deals, what can you complain about? But like now colleges still get like this. Most colleges do do stipe and it's probably like around fifteen hundred to like two thousand. Mm-hmm. But like you pay rent and rent's going up. So like eight hundred and then you got. Rent. Yeah. You know, and then like you got to pay your groceries and then you're left for like two hundred dollars until next month. So I think the stipe should be a little more and the NCAA should be paying a little more, but the NIL deal is helping. It depends on, but like, like I said, it's not for everybody though. Cause not everyone's getting an NIL deal. Yeah, exactly. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like for the most part, it's dangerous because we don't know like NIL in its entirety. Like we talked about putting responsibility on college kids. Like you have a whole workload you're bringing in. But, like, if we're expecting these kids to make choices, especially off NIL deals and money, like, are they really going to make the best decisions for themselves? Are they financially literate enough to put themselves in a situation where they're going to set themselves up for success? Like, I personally, like, I wouldn't even know what I would do if someone offered me a crazy amount of money to go play football in Kansas. Like, I'll tell you right now, at that point, I'll, you probably, don't I'll probably blow the first check, not going to lie. Yeah, 100%. You're 18 years yeah, old. 100%. <laughs> Especially at this age, I'm definitely like me now. No, I, I know I'm smart enough to invest and put my money where I need to be put. But coming out of high school, top recruit, and you get like a a big nil deal, you're blowing that check. Like easily. you're also talking about kids that are top recruits that come from nothing. Like kids exactly. that once they get an nil deal, they make the most money in their house. Like so, it's really yeah. hard to tell this kid. Like, look, I know you came from absolutely dirt poor. Here's a million dollars. He doesn't have guidance to how to use that. There's no one. There's no one teaching them the structure like there's years of maturity your your sixth year of college yeah you know what you're doing six years later five years later but you're, you're 18 years old you've never seen that much money dude i think the most amount of money i've ever had in my bank account at one time in high school is maybe 40 dollars. like and if i had 500 i was balling that week you know like i, I, I couldn't even imagine i can't imagine a million now and i'm 22 years old let me tell you that right now because i was like that whole game work situation yeah i, I got money from them so like when i was 18 I was getting five thousand a year until I was twenty-one. Fuck you, bro! Come on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was getting five thousand a year until I was twenty-one, and that shit was getting just blown on everything. Like I was just spending it. Like, and it doesn't. You don't realize how easy it is to spend five thousand dollars. Like that can be gone yeah. in yeah in two months, and now you're like, oh shit. So they don't know how to like. Once you're eighteen, you get all this. You don't know how to budget your money, so. Yeah, nil deals good. It's a good thing that the NCAA did, but it's definitely hurting a couple of kids. I feel like, yeah, especially because we even talk about like your biggest risk once you go pro is like if you retire, like there's no guarantee all the money you make just because you made the league is going to last you. Like now you put college kids in the consideration. The NCAA doesn't really first they don't really care that the kids are getting paid anymore because it's not coming out of their pockets. They're not going to be stressing because they don't have to pay. And secondly, they don't really care what you do with the money per se, because if you ruin your image or you do something that like ends up not letting you play football, like, hey, you played for however long you did. You gave us our revenue based off your play. We didn't pay you a dime. Who cares? So like, I just think if you're going to pay these kids, set them up for success with it. Don't just pay them and then expect them to make all the right decisions. You're just setting them up for failure. Well, and on top of that, too, it's like... What's called? They don't care. Like, oh yeah, you dude, you were really good. You're not playing anymore. 
there's seven other kids just as good as you that we can just start we can build media around them now you know like that's that's the most corrupt part about it is like on to the next need, person yeah they don't need anybody the ncaa doesn't need you because even if you're a five-star and you drop out there's another kid like you in the next class or there's a kid just like you in this class like they'll just change their focus exactly it's a messed up business bro but it gets us to where we want to get to so yeah but i just hate i, I just yeah i know I hate, I hate that i just i don't know it's 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 really bad and like the the what opened my eyes about it the most was the whole covid shit when they were mm-hmm. like oh we're not letting our any kids play for their health and then they're like okay we're only gonna let power five kids play like so only power five kids can't get covid like only everyone else can get covid <laughs> So you're basically telling us it's for money and it's not for their health. Exactly. You know, like all these D2 and D3 guys are like, oh, so only we can get COVID, right? Like we're the only people that can get it. Yeah, and that whole situation made no sense. And then, yeah, bro, the COVID situation with the NCAA, that whole situation was nuts. That thing was – I just didn't make any sense. They could have handled it better. They could have handled it better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's, I mean, um, I'm sorry, Zach, you go. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, especially in those moments of like panic, like you tend to show your true nature, especially the NCAA revealed their true colors to the players. Like they they literally just showed like we are here to protect the identity and the entity that is the NCAA, but the players that we endorse and we sponsor and that we use to put on our image, like we could care less who they are. Like at the end of the day, like if you're not bringing us in money, like we're not. Remember, we're not gonna do anything for you. No point in having you, basically. Yeah. Now, when you were in yeah. high school, going into college, what was what was something that was like one of the biggest things you were excited for to play like in college? Well, biggest thing. Well, I was playing at the Raymond James Stadium, so my biggest thing was being able to play at the Ray J Stadium in front of like friends and family. That's what I was really excited for. And just the fact that, like, I'm just a step closer to my dream, which is the yeah. NFL. That's what I was excited for. Yeah. Now, so, like, that just getting recruited and going to college and, like, all right, one milestone checked off, one more to go. Yeah. Now, what so about, like, you, did you, did you prefer playing at Raymond James or not? Because I feel like there's pros and cons to it. I'd rather much have a stadium on campus. Yeah, right. Ray J, Ray J was nice, but like just being at Nevada and seeing like the stadium on campus and like the convenient it is for all the fans and mm-hmm. everything, it's just makes it a lot more like meaningful. Well, I feel like Nevada's got a pretty good fan base that that support them as well. Oh yeah, but like, I feel like, like, US, like I feel like USF would too. I feel like that having a if USF had a stadium on campus, that would change the whole atmosphere of a lot of things. I feel like even though so the the definitely the perk is playing at NFL Stadium and I, I'm assuming you saw the Bucks guys all the time and like you probably not really really so they, there was no like association whatsoever with it nah no way because yeah. we played on Saturday they played on Sunday yeah know? but I mean like even like being there at all you never there's no like you got no perks out of it nah that's I don't, I don't, even, I don't think we were in like the home locker room like the actual locker room that the Bucks are in. I think they gave it to the, the visitor side. I think they were actually in the home one. Oh my god! Yeah, but there was there was no perks of like we didn't see any NFL players or coaches or anything. Maybe like coaches were there, like low key, like NFL coaches scouting a little bit. But other than that, you don't really see anybody. And There's- then, well, like also at the college stadium, bro. It's like you can. Sit, dude, I remember even like 
when USF was like good back in the day, like 2008, when they were number two in the country, they couldn't fill up a fourth of the stadium. It was too big. Like they just exactly. Do it. And it's like, it makes the game look so dead. Even when there's like senior night games, they're like free tickets. It's still not even halfway full. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a stadium on campus is it's, it's nice. It's nice to have. It was just to see the difference, just going to Nevada and seeing like packed out stadiums and fans like, like it felt like high school. Like I like before the games, they would have like our locker room was right right uh, behind the stadium, and they would have, like families would have tailgates right behind right in front of our locker room and stuff. And you can go out before the games. Like I could talk to my mom and all that stuff before the game and all that. It was just it was nice to have. Stadium how would you camp. compare? How would you compare Mountain West football versus AAC? Ooh, I mean, you got your AAC. You got your Cincinnati. You got your UCF, you got your Memphis, Houston, and Houston. Uh, the AAC is pretty packed, but like Mountain West is more like you got the quarterbacks. I think you know West Coast. You got more West Coast offenses, mm. so yeah. you're going against like real deal QBs and like like you said, I got Carson Strong on my team, which was wow. Like I, that man's a beast, but. But you get to play against teams like Boise State. I got to play on their blue turf last year, which was oh, nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a dream come true. I've always wanted to play on that field. I remember playing it at, on NCAA 14 all the time. Yeah. So that was that was a check mark right there. And then you got teams like um, San Diego State. Like you've got a bunch of sleepers you don't like know about, but it's it's like it's not 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 a big change. Like college football is college football. You're gonna have your you're a good team. You're going to have your okay teams. So that's what about pretty much like, like, what about like fans though? Like stadiums are like going to games. Like it, I feel like that Mountain West is really good. Mountain West, games. Mountain West fans are a lot, a lot more crazier. Well, no just against the AAC. Yeah. I, you like, think the so, AAC teams were going to like, dude, I feel like AAC is like almost a power five conference sometimes. Yeah, it is. But like, like you say that, but like you go to Mountain West, it's like you got Fred, like I feel like there's more. You got Fresno, Boise State solid, Nevada solid. You got uh, San Diego State. State solid. Yeah. Um, and then you have BYU, who's good too. We don't play. BYU's not in the Mountain West. No, but they play everybody, is what I'm saying. And they kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. like Notre Dame, they kind of get wrapped by them a little. Yeah. No, but, State can be good the, sometimes. Yeah. The stadiums that we played in, like Fresno State Stadium, like their fan base was wild. Really? Yeah. Uh, the Valley, State. right? It's the, it's the yeah. Valley. Uh, uh, Boise's fan base was wild. San Diego State fan base just as crazy. Like every game, like there was no like just boring game. And this year I could go to Hawaii. I'm going. Yeah, no, I can't wait to go to Hawaii. Where else would we go? Get to go to get to go play in that UNLV, the new UNLV stadium. Okay. So it's 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 a lot. It's fun. I'm glad I went to Nevada. I experienced a lot more. A lot more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So. You talked about a dream of yours. Dream of yours was playing on Boise State's blue turf. What was your favorite college environment to play on, and what was like your least favorite to play on? Well, the craziest one I played. I played on uh, Soldier Field, the Bear Stadium. Mm-hmm. We played Georgia Tech at USF. Uh, played at was that a bowl uh, game? Or? No, it was just like we went out there and played uh, Illinois, and then we were playing on Soldier Field. Played Notre Dame at their field. That was crazy. We got smacked, but it was still surreal. Um, what was it? What was the other question you said? Just like 
your least favorite environment to play in? Like what was something that you just dreaded either going to as a visitor or just a place that just wasn't fun to be in? Like what was like your worst experience? Worst experience. Yeah, I have a good, bad experiences. Uh, there's some, I forgot what school was. The locker room was just shit. Like it just wasn't like, so everything was so small. You had no room to like get ready and stuff. That's what I don't like about some away teams. Like the locker rooms just aren't like, I think they do it on purpose, honestly. 100%. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't get. I mean, but yeah, they put you in an uncomfortable situation. But now I didn't really have any bad experiences going to any school. Like, I just, I kind of take it, I kind of use it as an advantage. Like, it's kind of fun. Like, you're traveling, you're, get, you're going to different states, looking at new stadiums, seeing how, and like, I love, some people might hate it, but I love fans heckling. Like, it's, that's, something i strive for i love when fans are in my ear talking to me because it just makes me play better so you, I didn't really- how did you handle like the did you get more or less nerves playing college than you did in high school uh probably a little more well my freshman year i'm starting like i'm more relaxed now i'm not get. i don't really get it. i used to get butterflies in my stomach now i just go out there i know what i need to do i know what my responsibilities on the field so like probably Probably high school, honestly. Like them TC Jesuit games, man. Yeah. Like that's that really got me ready for college. Like all those games, those rivalry games. Like because like basically every game you play in conference is a rivalry game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty much. So. Nah. It was really I mean, I like no. You had a couple. You had a couple in 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 high school. You guys was Berkeley was pretty solid too. Mm-hmm. Us in Berkeley. Um. We had Jacksonville Trinity. That was like a college team in itself. They were yeah. oh, gosh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh. Yeah, no, it's good fun though. I feel like your high school clouts were on the line too, though. Like you make a bad play in a high school game versus a rival, like people are gonna shit on you for a while. Especially you, in the you, Jesuit you make- TC game. Yeah, especially yeah. in the yeah. TC. I, I feel like you mess up there, like your your reputation's in the dumps for a while, but like you mess up in college, like yeah, you get toasted at film room, but no one's gonna like DM you and be like, Oh yeah, that one play you made in the third quarter. Uh, I, feel fucked. I mean, it depends on what school you're at though. Cause I forgot what kicker was it that missed the field goal, lost in the game, and he was getting death threats. A lot of them. What, a lot of them, right? Yeah. So it depends on what he was one of them when he was at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you go to a big, big college that's like known for winning and you do something that's just you you lose in the game. Mm. Obviously, you don't lose in the game, but like that's what people think. Yeah, or like yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. obviously it's a whole team as a collective. It's just like a team of collective, like that they, they lost the game, but like fans don't look at it like that. Yeah. They look at one person, they see that one play that messed up, and they just shame you the whole every time. Yeah, I'm a firm believer you can't lose you can't lose any sport off of one thing. I really believe no. that. because no, not not, it, a, not a team sport at least, yeah, especially bro. Because the thing is, like, all right, if you played four quarters of football and that one drop touchdown catch in the fourth quarter lost you the game, it's like, what about when you went four and out in the third quarter, or what about when you dropped this? Like, like for, in order to rely on one play, that means every other play had to go perfectly, and that doesn't happen. Exactly. It doesn't happen. Like, yeah, that one play was real critical, but like, yeah, no, the exactly. yeah, you, that, there's that. times where it's like, all right, you should have fucking caught the ball, but you can't be like, that's why you lost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hate when people blame it like that, but that's that's fans. That's why they don't play the game; they just watch it. 
Yeah, that's why it's kind of awesome at the same time. You kind of love that shit. Mm-hmm. It gets you, gets you riled up, gets you focused. What do you what do you listen to? What do you listen to before a game? What music you listen to? Uh, throw on some NBA Young Boy, some Drake, some, some J Cole. Like I don't know, really, whatever song I put it on shuffle sometimes. Whatever song I'm feeling, I'm just in the mode. Or it's, they usually just put some. Uh, well, it's kind of different now. Back at USF, we're listening to like Kodak and NBA oh, Young yeah, Boy, all that stuff. I go to the West Coast. We're listening to Blue Bucks Clan and a whole bunch of West Coast music I've never heard of. Yeah, what? yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just a bunch of West Coast music that I'm starting to like now. But it the music genres are definitely not the genre, but like artists are definitely changing. It's pretty yeah. funny though. I like to listen you to like East Coast music better. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like I like I like, I like West Mill. Coast music, but the East Coast music is superior, huh? I'm a big Meek Mill guy. I like Meek Mill Meek a lot. Mill? He gets me. So I feel like with football, you don't really yeah. get in that like "fuck yeah, let's go murder someone" mindset versus like. That's what I'm saying. So what do you listen to when you're about to yeah. go fight? So I'm a big, I'm a big Meek Mill guy. I like Meek Mill a lot. I've been listening to Meek Mill since I was in middle school before wrestling matches. Yeah. So I like, I like Meek Mill a lot. There's some Drake in there. I listen to I a lot of hard, a lot of hard right. rock too. Like a lot of like Shine Down, a lot of uh, Rage Against the Machines. Metallic. Yeah, I'm not a big Metallica guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I got ACDC in there. I got some Molly Crew, but like. I, I have to listen to music that makes me want to, like, rip your head off. Versus, like, football, it was more like I would listen to, like, rap that was like, fuck, yeah, let's go do this. But, like, when I'm mm-hmm. fighting, it's like I need music that, like, gets my heart, like, like I'm ready to go out there and, and face my demons, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's completely different. I usually start out, like, very – like, when I'm driving to the arena, it's, like, reggae and or, like, country, like, very, very laid back. Because I try yeah. to not think about the fight until I'm fight, 10 fights up. That's how I look at That's it. That's how like, I am. Like, but before, like, more like the uh, bus ride before the games, I was throwing, like, nothing crazy, but, like, like a smooth Drake song or yeah, yeah. Drake Cold, just something to get my mind mentally prepared. And then once, like, before the game, I'm throwing something on to get me hyped and going yeah, on that field. To, get I my saw, man, uh, I'm not a Will Smith fan, especially after what just happened recently, but I yeah. saw something he said that was, like, when – why are you scared now when what you have to do isn't until tomorrow? And it's like, you shouldn't be scared. Like if you're going skydiving, you shouldn't be scared when you schedule the appointment. Cause you're on your, you're on the ground. Shouldn't be scared driving there. Cause nothing's going to happen. Shouldn't be scared getting in the plane. You should not be scared until the moment you jump out. So I was like, I had a big problem with that in high school. Like, and I talked about this with, um, with Elijah Higgins. I was like, my confidence, dude, like I didn't realize how this is just as important as this, you know, like this is important as your physical, and I'd be thinking about matches before the season started, like matchups I knew I was going to have. Like, I shouldn't be doing that, bro. I should be worrying about getting better one day at a time. So, like, mm-hmm. I try not to – like, the uh, the day before I weigh in, my mindset's like, I'm going to make this kid look into my fucking soul. And then after that, I try not to think about fighting. I try not to talk about fighting. I try not to think about fighting the whole day before. The day of, I try not to think about it. I try not to talk about it. I don't want to think about my fight until I'm 10 fights away. Then it's yeah. like, all right, let's focus. Because I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to do it like – the training's done. Like, there's nothing more I can do. I can think different, which is what I don't want to do. So I try not to think about it at all. So I try to like stay calm, stay cool. But then when it's time to like run into the fire, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get ready for the fire. Yeah, that's a good way to think. That was a great way to put it like that. I like to tell myself, just be where your feet are at. Like, don't worry about nothing else. Like, I like be in the moment. Be where your feet are at. Train, train as hard as you can. And once that time comes, like, preparation beats poor performance. Or no, I forgot what the saying was. Separation caused by preparation. That and a good one. It was like I think it's called a five P. It's like preparation. Uh, I can't think of it. It was a good saying. My one of my coaches told me, and 
that kind of, I can remember it throughout the uh, podcast, I'll try to say it, but yeah, dude, you're preparing and you put all your things, all your my all your mental and physical health uh, into your preparation. You shouldn't nothing to worry about once that time comes. Like you're about to go fire or a game about to happen because you're prepared. Like you know what's coming for you. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part. Like that's what my one coach now says. He's like, "Why are you nervous?" He's like, "This is literally why you do it." He's like, "The reason you I, do honestly, all the shitty during the preparation than like the actual fight." Oh, I don't know, dude. It's really fun. Or the actual like I guess yeah, the fight's scary, but like if you're like say you don't prepare well, like, or like you, right before you're about to go on to a fight, like, uh, like you just know you didn't prepare as good as you, like, as well as you wanted to, then yeah, you're, you're scared. But like, if you know you prepared well and you did everything you had to do and then it's fight day or game day, what is there to worry about? Okay, you so have this, all is where, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to explain it to you from an individualistic aspect. When you okay. go into a football game, okay. This is what makes fighting so much more scary than every uh, – besides getting knocked out. Like, obviously, that's a given. But this is what makes it so much more scary. You go into a game day, right? You can have the shittiest play of your entire life on a play and then have the best game of your entire career, that entire mm-hmm. that game. You can do both. You can play the – Bentley Sanders can have the worst game ever, like, to the point where you think you should quit football, and Nevada can win by 70 points. You cannot do that in a fight. I have one wrong slip. I'm knocked out. I have one wrong step. I'm taken down. One wrong this, I'm choked out, okay? And on top of that, if I, I have a bad night and I lose, I'm done. There's not like – it's on my record. I can't win that fight anymore. It's, it's gone. Yeah. It's over with. So it's the room for error is so small. That's what scares me. It's not – and honestly, it's it's a healthy fear. That's what Dustin Poirier always says. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. If you're not nervous, you don't care about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's the room for error. That, that freaks me out. And then I'm honestly more scared of underperforming than I am losing. Personally, I would rather go out there and have a fucking warrior of a fight and lose barely than fight the ugliest fight ever and win. And people are like, that kid sucks. Like, it's not even, I don't even care what people think. It's, it's myself. Like, like that I'm, rose I'm so fight, scared. Bro. Like, cause I know what I can do, but then when you're in the fire, bro, it's like, you have no idea what's about to happen. You have no fucking idea. I mean, you've been yeah. watching fighting long enough. You need one second to win. You need one fucking one second. second. One second. Where you can have like a bullshit fight like that Rose fight, and then that yeah. and that performance you're talking about, like that's a shitty performance. Yeah, and like then, even though Carlo won, no one cares. They're like, "Fuck you, that sucked." Like man, no one should have won. It was like yeah. exactly. Nobody so, yeah, won. I'm, UFC lost because everyone hated it. The fans lost because they paid for it, and those girls lost because it fucking sucked. Yeah, thank you, Gaethje and Charles Oliveira for saving the night, though. Yes. What do you think about Oliveira? I like him, dude. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of him at first. But the dude, he bet like if, if you want to talk about adversity, that man goes through the most yeah. adversity in any fight. Man gets knocked out almost every fight and then finds a way to choke someone out. No, fuck, fuck fight adversity. His background, he was raised in the fucking slums of Brazil in a tiny yeah. ass favela. He was born and raised in a garage, okay? Lived there, became a fucking UFC fighter, went 10 and 8, and was like, oh, all right, and then goes on an 11 and 0 run. And instead of buying a mansion or, or living in a big house. The man lives in the same fucking garage and financially supports all the families that helped him during his career. I didn't know about that. Yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's like, how are you not a fan of him, dude? He came from literally dirt, like literally dirt, like lived on dirt. Okay. To being the world champion. And instead of going and moving to LA or building mansions and stuff, he just upgraded his garage, moved all of his family into it. And he helps out all the families that helped him during his journey. 
Uh, man, that's what it's all about, man. How do you not? How do you not root for this guy? You can't hate him. You can't hate. Him. I want to get you to win, but like everyone gets you. I, to win, bro. Yeah, but Oliver, he said Gaethje's what? Gaethje's the human highlight reel. I mean, we, me and Grayson were talking about the other day. Like, he's only, what, five and four in the UFC, but every single one of his fights, he's gotten a performance bonus. Like, that man is putting on All a show regardless. Like top five guys. He hasn't fought bums yeah. his whole career. Ever. He doesn't. That weight class is – I think that's the scariest weight class to ever exist. It is. That 155 weight class is yeah, something else. All, dude, literally one through ten could all beat each other on a good day. Like, I hope they make that Oliveira Islam fight. Yeah, but I think. See, we you think it's gonna be Connor? Me and Zachary was talking about this yesterday, or no, I was talking about it with my my friend Daner. It was like, first of all, Islam as much as much as I we can say the potential he has, he still has to be a top five guy, bro. You don't beat you don't you don't beat a number nine guy or eight guy and then just go to the and fight for the title. It doesn't work that way. Like you got to You got to prove yourself. And like, there's a lot of like, he, I mean, that's not true. You can't say that. Cause look at Chandler. Yeah. But Chandler was the best Bellator champ fighter of all time. He was a Bellator champion yeah. for four years. Like he had, stop, he had, stop he had something established. And I'm not saying Islam isn't there, but you have to prove it. We can't, I'm tired of these hypotheticals. Like it, it, uh-huh. Khabib saying, look how good he is in the room. He's just like me. Let, let's see it. Like put him against top five guy. And I, I understand a lot of guys don't want to fight him. He's a horrible matchup for everybody. But you got to prove it. And if he beats Darush, like he fucks Darush up, there's no argument that he's next. The only yeah. other thing is he doesn't sell at all. No one's like, oh, the Islam fight's on this weekend. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't sell. Khabib sold because he was so fucking amazing. But Islam yeah. doesn't sell. No one cares to watch Islam. So that's another issue, too. And then you have Oliveira who doesn't speak English. Like the UFC really doesn't like that, dude. They, they don't say it, but they, they, they don't like it if you can't speak English. Yeah, they got that translated. Yeah, that's kind of they annoying. They don't want that. They want a guy that because like it helps their brand. If they can speak English. So you think that yeah. you think like, the Connor fight? Then you think Connor's fighting for that belt? Or is he no, trying to go yeah, to? I'll stop watching MMA if Connor fights for that belt. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> bro, Dana loves Connor, bro. He's gonna. Play. I mean, yeah, no, no, I, I don't blame Dana because he made Dana damn near close to a billionaire. But you can't go one and three in your last four fights and just get a title shot. Like I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, that's just you can't. What what classes this again? 155. 155. Bentley, how much do you weigh right now? Uh, 176. But you those guys, me. those guys, those guys sit at 18. Like they're standing way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I fought one. I my last fight, I started camp at 173, and I weighed in at 146. Okay, so yeah. what you're finding uh, was I'm that? Like, I'm like I'm like 165 to 170. I like fluctuate. Mm-hmm. When's your next yeah. fight? Uh, we're working on it. We got it in the works. It's in the works. We're trying to fight end of summer. That's the game plan. Uh, Once I'm back in Tampa, I'm trying to fight every three months. I'm trying to be the most active guy in the world. But like being down here, it's just so hard with school. And then where are you at right now? Miami. I'm in, I'm in uh, Boca Raton, a Deerfield. Boca. Yeah, which is right above. Or like when I'm back home, it's so much easier to focus. Like my biggest pet peeve now is like I love my roommates, but like they don't they don't understand what I do. Like they 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 just like work out once a day and like hang out and party. drink and party, which is cool because that's what college is all about. But like, I came home last night after an hour of jujitsu where I just got ragdolled, like literally like manhandled, like made, made me like requestion my entire career. And then I'm coming home like I'm I'm physically exhausted, I'm mentally exhausted, I'm broken. Like I come home and I just go to my room and I'm just like I just need a shower. And then I come out of the shower, I'm like not trying to talk to nobody. And they're like. 
bro, what's good with you? Why are you always like that? Like, you have no idea what I just went through. Like, you don't, you can't relate. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not mad at nobody. I'm not upset. I just need, like, I need, my, be bothered. I need my time. Like, I need, I need a second, you know? And like, and it's hard. I can't get, I, I want to get mad at them and be like, you're lazy bums, but like, they're just living their college life versus when I'm at home, like, I can, I can, I'm surrounded by people that are doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And it's a lot easier to be able to just, people can relate to you. You know, I, they just, they don't understand. And it's not like, like I said, I'm not shit talking them. They're, they're normal college kids. Normal college but, kids, yeah. But exactly. I'm trying to become something that I need to be more than. They're not on the same path that you're on. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine now, and I'm loving it. I'm enjoying my last three months in college. But like, when it's time to get into gear, when I'm back in Tampa, I'm I'm full gear. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to devote my life to this shit. Get it, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll fight you out of the next one. Hey, yeah. Uh, or do you fight in Tampa? Or like, nah, in I always fight Tampa. Okay, but until I go pro, then I'll go wherever they send me. But as an amateur, I'm gonna stay fighting in, in Tampa. Gotcha. What about say, Zach? Yeah, but um, the only reason I brought up the weight earlier was Bentley. If you were to go down an MMA path, what weight would you want to fight at? Like, would you want to cut more weight and fight with the smaller guys, or would you try to be, beef up a little, try to be, have a little weight on you? Uh, I'm not fighting no Kamara Usman or none of them. I'll probably go fight Bantam. I'll probably go fight Bantam weight or something. Well, the thing is, too, is, like, I'm telling you right now, this the, the, you start training regularly your first six months, you lose 10 pounds like that, like, without even trying. You're just going to naturally mm-hmm. lose it because your cardiovascular is going to increase so much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I would want to go fight lots of weight. I probably, like, I would do lightweight, but that, that division is, like, full of – I would probably – because I feel like I would, I would, like, I'll be able to strike with a bunch of people, but once it comes to that ground game, that's where it gets scared. Strength is very scary, yeah. Yeah. That ground game is scary because you got the ground and pounds, and then you got people who will put you in a triangle or almost break your leg. And yeah, so dude, my thing I feel is like that was the biggest. Yeah, huh? yeah. the biggest for me was because, uh, like Bentley, what you said, like you feel more confident in your hands. Like when I started, because I did Taekwondo before I ever tried wrestling and jujitsu, but I was always way more confident in my kicks and my punches. But once you like learn ground game for the first time, like once you like actually get into like doing jujitsu and wrestling, like you literally manhandle people. Like if they don't know what they're doing, you can literally treat them like a child. So like I fell in love with it. Like I love it way more because like striking, it just takes like a guy could be way worse than me. If he throws one good hook and it catches me perfectly, done. Don't matter. Like yeah. But if you get that guy to the ground, it's bad. And that's why I kind of wanted to take uh like a wrestling class or something because I think it would help me in football. Like tackling, like being able to know someone's body, like control someone's body, mm-hmm. it'll just put me in a better better position for tackling and all that stuff. So dude, like, I'm a big I believer do. that all all linemen should should wrestle. All high school linemen, offensive defensive line should wrestle. Because you look mm-hmm. at if you look at all the NFL guys, they're almost all state champ wrestlers in high school. Look at Tristan Wurst, two time Iowa State champ, Tyler Lindenbaum, two time Iowa State champ. Yeah. Like Look at all these guys, like they're all wrestlers. And for a big guy that size and all to use their their feet and their hands, it's, yeah. it's 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 literally not fair. It's just absolutely not fair. I think all I think all linemen should wrestle. Yeah, they're, they're too lazy though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if they're not, bro, there's some big motherfuckers that can move that are scary. That scary. are scary, bro. Oh yeah, I know a couple of them, yeah. When you get a mobile lineman. Defense or offensive lineman, and they're running like four, four six, four sevens. I mean, not four six, but like four eight, four nine, whatever. 
that's still fast as hell for a, yeah, a guy like three hundred. That's the one I run now, probably. I mean, what did what did Jordan Davis just run in his combine? He had some ridiculous. Like, I think he ran a four seven three, but I'm gonna double check yeah. that. Yeah, and isn't he like six eight, like four hundred? Like he ran a four or? seven eight at three hundred and forty one pounds. Come on now, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're literally fucked. Oh my gosh, dude! That's a that's an offensive lineman. That's a D tackle. A D tackle. Imagine that guy coming out of quarterback full speed. Yeah, or imagine yeah. imagine being a running back having to stand there and try to block him, and he's just fucking running at you. Yeah, it's bad. I like I like what the 49ers did this year with Trent Williams. I didn't see a lot in the regular season, but they started lining him up at like I don't know how they were able to do it, but they'd be able to send uh, Trent Williams in motion on like run plays. They put him at so like, like tight end be, fullback. Yeah, and they put him in motion like. What were you saying? I said they probably put him at tight end and motion him like yeah. a little slide motion and just followed behind him. Yeah, but like you already get a pulling guard and you take a man as especially as big as Trent Williams, already put him in motion and he's running full speed at a D end or a linebacker off the edge, like they're done. Like there's absolutely no way you're Wait, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't I ain't that's a that's a business decision that people need to make right there. <laughs> That's a that's a, that's a do one of these and stay on the outside. Yeah, oh god, and I, I'm like I like I said, I ran into some old linemen, but like if that guy's coming at me six seven three something, yeah, I'm gonna try to swipe him get as far away as possible and get underneath them. Yeah, bro, and that's like another thing too is like like you know I can't understand how people play rugby. I just think it's the most insane sport in the world. And like at uh, FAU, all the kids at on the rugby team are like. You're a fighter, dude. Come on, come on. I'll fight any one of you motherfuckers before I run at you in a rugby field. No shot am I running at you in a rugby field. Are you kidding didn't me? That's rugby, so scary. Didn't a rugby player get drafted or picked up by a football team? Like Yeah, the like, Eagles a couple years ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching that. The Patriots have also done He was it. not a kid, though. He was a fucking man. Okay, let's start off with that. He was yeah. massive. But that's what uh, some kids don't get. They all want to go to these D1 – Big power five schools, but like, bro, you can go to any school. They'll D1, find you. Yeah, D2, they're gonna find you. They'll find you. Yeah, like it doesn't matter how how big the school is if you're Dude, good enough. The lacrosse kid that just got drafted this year. The lacrosse kid. Yeah, he he was a uh, fuck. I want to make sure I'm correct. He was a four time All American lacrosse at some school that won nationals like every year. And then, oh, I know you're talking I'm about. Gonna, I'm gonna fact check myself before I say anything stupid. Yeah. I mean, but we also have that lacrosse player, uh, Chris Hogan, played on the Patriots. All right, all right, all right. Here it is. Here it is. Of course, he got he went to the Patriots too. Okay, his name is Jared Bernhardt. Okay, he was. Um, let me try to make sure I'm correct. All right, he played. Am I am I tripping right now? Oh, he played at Maryland. Okay, he played at Maryland. He was the 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 Tara Tara Wharton winner, which is like the Heisman. He was a four-time All-American, and then due to a COVID year, he got one more year of eligibility, transferred to Ferris State, which is a Division II football team, started as their quarterback, and they won a national championship. And then Belichick picked him up as a free agent. Oh, wow. And then there's uh, Chris Hogan, right? He yeah, was a lacrosse kid, too. Yeah, he was also yeah. on the Patriots. Another white yeah. lacrosse wide receiver on the Patriots. Belichick knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Julian Edelman was a quarterback at Kent State before yeah. he got drafted to be a wide receiver. So, I mean, for some reason, Bill Belichick's like, give me the 
whitest looking. Yeah, the whitest average wide receiver, and I will make him amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look what he's doing. He does. You ever heard the story of Julian Edelman about what he had to do to prepare to transition to wide receiver? No. no. He told his dad, so he he graduated. First of all, his career at Kent State was very good. He was not a bad quarterback at all. He was he was very. Oh, no, good. he was fire. Yeah, he was really good, but. They knew he was too short and like it was it wasn't going to go that way. And they knew like you're gonna to have to play an athletic position. He was like, I can relate most to wide receiver. So his dad, this is awesome story, by the way. His dad was like, All right, you're gonna to need to catch ten thousand passes before before you go to the NFL draft. He's like, they did like the math and stuff, and they're like counting practices, high school and NF and college. These kids are catch they caught around probably around ten thousand passes. Like, you're gonna to need to hit ten thousand passes. Okay. No, no, no. It, the, by the time the season ended before the draft, he's like, you're going to need to hit 10,000 passes. So him and his dad would go and, th- and his dad would throw him like 5,000 passes a day. They would go like at breakfast, they'd go at lunch and they'd go to dinner and they didn't have a field. So they do it on the tennis court. And then they would start using like the poles on the tennis court as like, to, like moves and stuff. And he did that for the whole off season to get ready and be prepared. So he would have the same amount of catches as some of these guys. Oh, wow. That's kind of fucking awesome. Right. Yeah, man, that hard work. It, it does a lot of things that people don't really see, man. Yeah, exactly. That's something that, like, no one gives a shit about. No one knows that you're doing. But, like, you know – like, that's one of those what are you doing when no one's looking kind of things that, that mm-hmm. matter. That matters a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Good question man. about uh, – for combine specific, do they have anything for, like, kick returners and punt returners of the combine, or do they just fit them in at other skill positions? They just, they just fit them in. I mean, there's no really, like – Tryouts for special teams, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it, you yeah, can be a full time special teams NFL player and make a good living. Exactly, that's a legitimate. Uh, it, that's a legitimate thing in today's football. And I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, I less con- less contact, in. more money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with that too. You I'm all me? for it. I'm all here for it. You put me on a team, you got me strictly just running down there or returning kicks, and I'm making meals. Can't hate life. Yeah. Dude, backup quarterback's the best position of all time. Ryan Fitzpatrick's life is fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, don't know I mean, you look at uh, – who was it? Luke McCown had, like, a 12-, 13-year career in the NFL. Nev- like, never started a single game. Only came in, like, a handful of times. Retired with, like, multi-million dollars. Yeah. Never – literally was a backup to some of the greatest so quarterbacks awesome. ever. He was a backup so to, like, awesome. Drew Brees, like uh, – he, he was a backup in Tampa for a while, but he literally played for like 12, 13 teams, traveled the country, just sat on the bench, got paid millions a year, and was just like, yep, yeah, never I would played. Love, I would love to play. Obviously, that's everyone's dream to get on the field and play. But if you're paying me to sit on the bench and just back up somebody, what can you be mad about? Yeah, you're a you're preseason superstar, baby. Hey. You're going to run those four preseason games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, sir. No, yeah, dude, that would that would be uh that would be ideal. But yeah, obviously, like you said you want to play, you want to go to the NFL, you want to be a star, you want a franchise behind you. Like, yeah, that's a given. You know, that's the legacy. Yeah, but at the same time, I I would take a million a year to sit on the bench. Would I wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't see me complaining at all. I and I would flex. I would still flex. I'm in the NFL. I would tell girls in the bar like, yeah, I'm an NFL player. Let me see your highlights. Yeah. Oh, they haven't been made yet. <laughs> they're not. They're they're in production still. Yeah, you're gonna have to subscribe to my OnlyFans to look at my highlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but hey, hey, Bentley, man, thanks for coming on today. I don't think I got anything else more to say. You got anything else, Zach? Oh man, I think we touched on everything. Had a yeah, good I feel conversation. Like we had a pretty good. It's been an hour and forty-five. 
Hey, thanks so much, dude. Please keep us posted with uh, everything in Nevada. I'll definitely, when I'm back in Tampa, we're going to try to link. And yes, uh, hopefully we can get one of these again in the future and hopefully in person as well. Oh, God, yeah, studio. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Anything you want to say? Or, or We'll put you all your social media so everyone can follow you too. Yeah, just put it out there. Y'all know this, man. Thanks for having me. Much thanks love for y'all. Appreciate it.